Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie, and I'm delighted to be in new surroundings today, Dundee Central Library, where it's always a pleasure to visit, and a pleasure also to speak to Mr Neil Patterson, who's the Outreach Services Library and Information Officer for Leisure and Culture Dundee. Neil, great to speak to you. Yep, likewise, glad to see you here in Dundee, Tom. Now, can you tell us a bit about your role at Dundee Central Library and the kind of services that are being offered by Leisure and Culture Dundee? Okay, this is really a question of two halves, so if we can take the first bit uh, initially. As Tom uh, introduced me, I'm the Library and Information Officer in charge of outreach services for Dundee Library Service. So that primarily means the at-home delivery service for us. But I've also got a slight little tweak to my job. I also look after a department within the Central Library called Connections, which is to support those people with additional needs. So it could be learning needs, visual or hearing impairments, and it's basically just to support any type of services and activities or anything that they need to help them integrate better with the community. Um, in terms of the at-home delivery service, though, it's, it's your traditional housebound service, although we've rebranded that over the last few years. Uh, we recognise that not all of our customers are in housebound in the traditional sense. Some of them can still get out independently. Some of them are still wanting the, the social contact to go at their local libraries. But the way I often describe it with a new referral is that we are your books on legs now. We will take the books from the library to your home, books according to your own choice, uh, and I help manage that service and I actually get involved in the deliveries also. Uh, in terms of library uh, services within Leisure and Culture Dundee, Leisure and Culture Dundee is an arm's length trust that works with Dundee City Council to support and provide sport and cultural activities for the residents in Dundee across the whole Dundee City Council area. So I'm only really speaking about the library service that we provide in this context. Uh, in the traditional sense, library services will include reading for pleasure, uh, arranging author events, children's services, including Bookbug, to very much encourage the young youngsters of today to to start reading and to engage their parents as well. There's umpteen reports you can read about the best thing you can do with young kids is actually read to them as parents. That will help their social and educational improvement over the years. Um, other things that we've got, local history section, we've always got, uh, I think any lo- uh, local library service you spoke to in Scotland will have a local history section. Two specifics though that we've got in the central library, we've got the steam hub and this will come up later in the conversation so I'm not going to dwell on this one but we also have an opportunities department. It's all about promoting health literacy and information, self-improvement, learning a new skill, uh, welfare support and employment support and above all human interaction. Health literacy and information, it's about trying to find reliable and quality information online if you've got a health inquiry. Self-improvement, learning a new skill, could be learning how to use social media for the first time. Um, In terms of self-improvement, stopping smoking, losing weight, the traditional things. But we also have volunteers that come into the department to help us with welfare support so people who are claiming benefits can come in and sit with somebody and they will guide them through the process of actually filling in an online benefit claim form. Well, everyone knows just how vital libraries are as valued community hubs, as well as when it comes to knowledge exchange. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I was never out of the library. I think that must have been on the verge of revoking my card, actually. I was there <laughs> two or three times a week. So um, what are the major challenges you feel are facing library services at the moment? The, the major challenge, certainly for us in Dundee, was to re-engage with our customers after the pandemic. Um, most libraries, not all, but most library services found themselves stuck during lockdown and had to shut down. Um, also as well, some of our traditional customer 
customer base coming out of lockdown don't wish to return. There's not a lot we can do to actually change their mind about that. We may be educated people about COVID and change their behaviours too much and they're now not willing to change back again. Um, so we've very much had to engage with a new customer base in Dundee. Um, some of our traditional customers, as I say, haven't returned. Um, so what we're trying to do now, some libraries managed to um, engage with their customers digitally over lockdown. We weren't able to do that for a variety of reasons, and the focus is very much getting people back physically into our buildings. Digital by default is a phrase that you'll often hear in this day and age. It's not suitable for all our customers. As I've touched on, part of my job includes dealing or working with those with learning needs, visual or hearing impairments. Those particular groups were very, very isolated during COVID and during the lockdown. So it's to try and get them back into libraries, engaging. We've had people come back in from those groups who have literally been crying because they've actually been able to have human contact for the first time in two, two and a half years. It's been great to see and we hope that it will continue. Um, in addition to that, kind of we're continuing to lay on events and activities to encourage people back in the library. So things like author events, the book bug programs back up and running. Um, we're also part of the Warm Spaces initiative. Um, that will very much depend on how things go this year. But kind of we're living in a very fragile economic state at the moment. Libraries have been recognised. They always were as a warm space that somebody could go to through the winter months. Um, and we've been designated um, as a warm space for people who just want to go out. Uh, if they don't want to switch on the heating during the day, they can go into the library kind of during the winter months and just have a seat and sit and have a coffee. I'm personally trying to work around that so they're not just sitting and doing nothing and feeling like twiddling their thumbs. We're trying to lay, lay on some kind of meaningful activity. But it could be basic, uh, basic activities like come in and do a jigsaw, come in and do some colouring in, adult colouring in. We had that fad four or five years ago, it's still there. Rather than just come in, because some people I think would feel a bit guilty about just coming in and taking a seat for the sake of sitting in the library. We'll lay on kind of specific activities for people to come in. But the, the bottom line is really, go back to your library, re-engage with us and see what's going on post-Covid. Because I noticed you had those wonderful chess tables down the stairs. You know, anybody who wants to pick up a, a new hobby, I would certainly advise that one. Indeed. I mean, one of the, the, kind of the, it's not my department, but one of the other departments, we actually have a lending library for board games. So again, if people want to come in and even just use them in the library, they're very welcome to. Uh, most of the libraries, I think, across Dundee have a jigsaw table because it's quite easy to set up. Even if you just come in and throw in a few pieces in the jigsaw, that's fine. It j again, it's just coming in, getting a bit warm. Social contact, contact I think, was often undervalued du during COVID. Um, I think kind of, we're now kind of learning the lessons and learning the hard lessons that kind of actually depriving a lot of people of social contact was possibly more detrimental to the health than COVID was going to be. But we live and learn, we have to move forward and that's how we're moving forward after COVID from, from now on. Now traditionally when people think about libraries they tend to immediately think about physical books but of course that's only one small part of what modern libraries are all involved in. What would you say are the latest formats and developments that are attracting people into libraries? Again, I would say this is a question of two parts. There is a, if we can go back to the question, there is a common misconception that libraries are only about physical books. And that is a, a current 
probably corruption of what libraries always were. I used to work in Aberdeenshire libraries, and one of my colleagues there used to drive her nuts when people said libraries are just about books. If you go back through history, libraries traditionally were the meeting spaces of your scholars, of your people who were developing philosophies and education, etc., etc. They weren't about physical books, so it is very much a modern corruption that it's just you just go into the library and borrow a book, because that's not what they were. They were always social spaces. They were always about people coming in and having a chat, even if it was just to have deep philosophical discussions or whether it was just to catch up on the, the gossip of the day. But yeah, the physical books is only part of what we deliver. Libraries have always been community hubs. We've touched on this already, kind of activities and warm spaces initiative. Very much coming out of COVID, that's what we've been told people were missing, the group and social interaction, even with library staff. We've even kind of, we have people who are even on the at-home service that I manage. They just want to come in and speak to staff for the five, ten minutes, just once a week. That's that that will suffice them. Um, social isolation is something we also we'll also try and grapple with in the library service, um, and that is something that we've we've tried very much kind of across all libraries. To say, look, come in, just have a chat. There's there's no onus on you to do anything. There's no onus on you, especially in libraries because library services have generally always been free. There's no onus to, to pay anything, to buy anything. Libraries are the one social spaces within the community that you can usually go to that are f still free. Um, and that very much has to be emphasised. Um, coming out of COVID, again, it's social interaction. But in terms of the new developments, it'll come up again. I know kind of Tom's going to ask me more specifically later on. Digital tasters, we've mentioned, employment support, welfare, welfare support are things that are the latest formats and developments that we are working on. Um, we've touched on opportunities already. Digital tasters as well, though, libraries have always been at the forefront of trying to help people guide their way through new technology. So you can go back through, back to the 80s, when computers first really came on the go, you came to your library to learn what a mouse was. If you pressed, pressed the delete button, you weren't going to delete the whole internet. Um, that then moved forward, we then went on to social media, how to use Instagram, set up a first Facebook account, etc, etc. We're now into the 3D printing phase, we've just probably kind of finished with that I would say, because most people who were interested in it are now fairly au fait with it. We're moving into VR and AR, virtual reality and augmented reality. I had to look up the definitions even myself for these because it's a colleague that deals with this, not me. Um, VR is going into the virtual world and AR, are, uh, augmented reality, is interaction of the digital information with the user in the real time. So it means, for example, holding up your phone, if you've got an iPhone or kind of a some kind of phone that will do this, holding it up and it will display, like, this is the name of the building. Um, this is a little snippet of history about the building. So it means you can do kind of history tours, walking tours. Virtual reality is your, your Minecraft going into another world that only exists in a digital context. But AR, I had, as I say, I had to look up myself, and we had an example of this recently. We had the Story Chills project in Dundee earlier this year. Um, where people were going, being able to go out and about and go through the built environment in Dundee and get little historical snippets, look at a, kind of a statue of a historical person and find out more information that was maybe just on the plaque. But you would need a smartphone or an iPhone to do that. But that's where we're going now. What's next? You just don't know. Um, you just don't know what's going to come up next. Um, but libraries have always been there to support people who are interested and wanted a want a digital taster. So that's that's where we are just now. 
It's interesting there where you mention libraries being traditional places for people to meet and exchange ideas. I mean, you think back to the great library of Alexandria. I mean, historians tell us um, from what can be gleaned of, of, of its history, uh, that's exactly what it was used for. You know, you would have scholars and, and philosophers uh, talking and, and exchanging ideas. Um, and then you look down towards the Enlightenment and you see people like, you know, the philosophes and the, the salons and that, that same tradition continuing. So it's good to know, isn't it, that libraries still today are having that function. Indeed, indeed. You can come in, have a chat. That's where we're going with events as well. Kind of trying to bring people in. It's not just about author events. We're trying to broaden out the kind of type of events that we have. And it might be like a digital taster in one of our local history databases. We know people are interested in that. We just recently had a visit from a gentleman from Historic Scotland in Edinburgh, and it wasn't even a database I knew knew existed. There is actually a local history um, database that covers aerial photography of Scotland. Fascinating to look at because it's a perspective you never get. Mm. Even from areas that you know travel through every single day of the week, if you're taking it from up, taking a photograph from up above, suddenly it's a completely new perspective. Um, so it's things like this, we're looking to kind of move away, as I say, from the traditional author visits and think about what would our customers want. Again, what would attract people in? That's the bottom line. Because unfortunately, however way we look at it, we are still slightly kind of old-fashioned in the way libraries are measured. We're still measured in the number of people who come through the door and the number of books that are actually borrowed. Um, I wish they would update those kind of performance indicators, and we have tried to say to them, that doesn't capture the impact, the impact that's sitting with a person who's actually desperately needing to, for somebody to sit with them to sit, uh, claim for benefits. The impact on that person is colossal compared to somebody just coming in and taking a book off the shelf because they want to read something in bed. Um, so that's what we keep saying to people. The, the impact of services often can't be measured in the old-fashioned way with the perf- performance indicators. Um, we need to move forward with that front as well. And you're absolutely right, because libraries, for anyone who has an inquiring mind, they're the perfect place to find out about new things, ask yourself, why did I not know about this before? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I find out more about it? You know, I think anybody who's looking to find a new hobby or find new interests or, or even new areas of research, they're always the perfect place to go. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, outreach services are really important in ensuring inclusivity, and libraries are right at the forefront of efforts to bring their services to people who might otherwise be unable to access them. What are the main outreach services that are being provided by libraries in Dundee? For us, really, Tom, it's really the at-home service. We used to have a mobile service, but that's no longer with us. Um, There was a question mark over whether we actually needed it within a city boundary when we have so many community libraries, because we have 13 community libraries as well as Central Library. But the at-home service, I've touched on this already, it's really to provide library services for those who are unable or would find it difficult to visit our community or central library. But also as well for those people who would have difficulty carrying the resources home. Um, Not everybody who enjoys reading is capable of even carrying home a paperback. Um, We have people on our service who have handling difficulties. We have people on the at-home service who are visually impaired. trying to get resources to them, and we run on a three-weekly delivery service basis, um, we are taking books out to them, and we become a lifeline for them. Um, so it's very much kind of something that we have to look at and kind of try and encourage people to engage with. One of the 
possible frustrations for me is that the way society has gone is that we almost encourage people to try and be independent as long as possible. And I worked out before COVID that the year average person on the at-home service is probably getting about two years from us um, before either, I'm going to be blunt here, before they either pass away or maybe their health deteriorates to the point they can't actually enjoy literature anymore. We have also tracked customers through their reading reading journeys, if you like, who start off with us reading kind of paperbacks, hardbacks, then they move on to large print formats because you can get that from libraries. And then when the eyesight's deteriorating, macular degeneration is something we see in a lot of our at-home customers. Um, we can move on to audiobooks. Um, but there does come a point, and sadly we have had this with kind of several of our customers when they just say, I just can't hear, I just can't see, and there is a limit to how far we can go with this. Um, but the main thing is to try and encourage these people to take enjoyment. Uh, there is a recognition that reading for pleasure also increases your health and well-being. Um, and it was one of the services I've always held up as a gold standard. Um, it's, I think it's Hackney Library in London. Um, they have a really good at-home service. And Chris Gainsworthy, if I've said his name right, worked out um, when he was the manager of that service there that actually engaging with an at-home delivery service saved the local council something like £400 per person per month. It wasn't even per year because that person was then able to continue living independently in their own home even just by engaging with the library services. Library staff could give them pointers, right, okay, do you want health information? You can go to XYZ. And we did, prior to COVID, we did do a little bit extra. I will, will admit that sometimes people would say, oh, can you just change my light because my light bulb's gone? Yeah, we won't see anybody stuck in that, that situation. COVID has slightly changed that because it did become largely a doorstep service for kind of health needs. Um, but prior to COVID, it was very much, oh, can you, can you just change your light bulb? Could you kind of change this fuse and this plug? We're amenable. We were, we were very helpful. We were always that way inclined. And for us as well, with the at-home service, it's not like your home shopping service. It's like you roll up before creates a shop and here you go, right, see it, bye. We'll spend five to ten minutes with the customer just to see how they are, just have a chat. It's that recognition of it's a social contact. Some of the customers that we see, then we know they won't see anybody else during the day. And so then they look forward to our, our visits every three weeks. So it's something that's always been there. Dundee has always had a home delivery service for the last few years and hopefully it will continue for many years to come. You know, you're so right when you mention the importance of the social interaction because a few years ago I was involved in a, an outreach service um, with the Northumberland libraries uh, for, for residents who for one reason or another were unable to leave their homes and as you say it's, it goes far beyond just the you know the books and the formats of things like tapes and compact discs it becomes something of a, a lifeline to them uh, and uh, you know the, from that point of view I always enjoyed um, that aspect of it because you get to know so much about not just people's reading habits but you know the things that are important to them. Yep, and even I would say it's it's maybe you could argue well this is taking it above and beyond, but even for some of our long-standing customers, when the inevitable does happen, there is usually a member of the, the library team will actually try and go at the funeral, because they've actually become friends with us. Um, just last year, I think we lost one of our long-standing customers, and she'd been on the service for something like twenty years, so it was like almost like losing a member of the family. Um, and the family are so appreciative that it's kind of even just one member of staff turning up 
even for the interment at the cemetery or if it's a very quick service at the, at the creme, just the fact there's a recognition that they got a lot out of the library service and we will miss them now that they're gone. Um, so, but, but that's again possibly just a local arrangement for us. But that's something we, f I feel, and my team feel as well, we should we should do. Now, libraries are well known for their community events, including talks and public activities. Now that the pandemic is thankfully behind us, even if COVID is still with us, sadly, how are things getting back to normal at Dundee Central Library, and how can people get involved? The main thing here, I've, I used to say this on my talks because part of my job is outreach services I used to go out and have to speak to church groups kind of community groups etc etc my message is still go and visit your local library use it or lose it um, we do not know how things are going to go over the next few months and years because they've already come out and said there might be a recession looming there might be cuts going coming and libraries in certain other areas have very much been seen as an easy cut Given the range of services we've already covered in this podcast, it's very much important that the community library says, I go in and I do borrow books. It's very easy for people to say, oh, but yeah, I, I really don't think this should be cut. Yeah, but when did you last visit the library? When did you actually borrow something? Remember the performance indicators that I've mentioned. We're only measured on how many people come through the door and how many books are actually borrowed. Um, so it's nice for people to say, yeah, we really support libraries, but when did you last visit? When did you come in? When did you actually take something out on your library card? But in terms of events getting back to normal, again, we've kind of touched on this. We are arranging events. The programme events is ongoing. There are national kind of weeks through the year, Book Week Scotland, Make a Noise of Libraries Fortnight, um, World Book Day, that cover a range of activities and celebrations for both children and adults. What we have found, certainly in Dundee, that there's been a demand from niche areas since we came back. One of the first talks when we first came back was actually a science fiction talk with a, a, through a colleague at Dundee University. Um, and that went down really well. It wasn't something we would have thought to consider prior to COVID. Um, so we're very much finding that our kind of user kind of, and our customer base, if you put it that way, has changed a bit. So they're, they're willing to look at things slightly different that are maybe a bit, a bit more niche. Bookbug sessions, as I've touched on there, thankfully have been restored in all libraries as, as they were before COVID. Um, one of the things, though, that we've had great success with over the last year or so, uh, we used to, or not used to, we still do have uh, an IT tutor who would go out through our community libraries and help people, as I've touched on, you've got a new smartphone, how do you use it? I want to learn how to use Microsoft Word. David would have sat with you and taken it through on a one-to-one -one basis or arranged a small group if there were several people wanting to do the same thing. David, because of COVID, obviously couldn't do that and had to find another thing to occupy his time. And he has a personal interest in tabletop gaming, Dungeons and Dragons, my, uh, Warcraft, that kind of thing. And it's been a colossal hit with our younger um, members of the public. Um, most of his groups are aimed between are aimed at groups between the ages of 8 and 16 um, and the one in, uh, that runs every fortnight in Dundee Central Library it's an absolute riot um, it does emphasise the point libraries are no longer silence or quiet spaces because if you ever came in on a Saturday morning, morning when David's group is on you wouldn't be able to hear yourself think I sit in Connections which is the department next door and it is it is literally like a riot and it's just so joyous to hear because it's getting young people back in the libraries 
Interestingly, the one thing about this, although Dungeons and Dragons and World of Warcraft might traditionally be associated more with the, I would say, the male agenda, the girls are absolutely ruthless with this. In particular, as I say, on the Saturday group, one girl comes with her older brother and her father is one of the adult volunteers at the group. She will regularly slaughter both of them on the tabletop gaming, whatever the theme is that week, and she loves it. What we found is that the girls, and maybe this is a comment on society in general, the girls are quite um, intuitive about what to do. The boys just want to blast and blow up and explode things. The girls actually play the game and are often the last person standing, and that's what it's all about. And then the boys go, oh, I've been obliterated by a nine-year-old girl. Yeah, because you didn't think what you were doing. The girls are much better, better at strategy than the boys are. But it's been absolutely brilliant to watch. I know David's been in touch with the Scottish Library and Information Council because they're very keen to replicate this over Scotland. So it might be coming to another library near you soon. And I know David's been lined up to speak to kind of our, uh, my colleagues. At, kind of, we've got an annual library conference that runs every year. I know he's been lined up to speak to that next as well. Well, with new technology arriving all the time, and I know that you've, you've touched on virtual reality and augmented reality, a lot of traditional industries are c considering their next move in order to accommodate changing cultural tastes. How do you think new technology will be shaping library services in the future? Yeah. For us, as we've discussed, I've already touched on a lot of this already, but the one thing I kept back, I did briefly mention this at the beginning, we have set up the STEAM hub in Dundee Central Library. Now, STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts and Maths. And we now have a dedicated department focusing on these specific areas to take these forward. So if you want a taster on, as I say, VR, AR, virtual reality and augmented reality, the STEAM hub will be able to help you with that. Um, if you're moving into 3D printing and you still want a taste of that, the STEAM Hub will be able to help you with that. Um, that's where we're going. I know some other library services across Scotland have set up maker spaces, but the question mark is whether that's already been overtaken by other things. Um, so it's very much going to go in and look at your local library, see what they provide. Um, we had a mobile 3D printer prior to COVID, but it's a bit like buying a new computer, a new phone. After five years, it's actually been overtaken by something new. Um, so libraries are constantly ha going to have to be be evolving when it comes to new technology um, and that's just how why we've always been as I've touched on if you always if you want a taster of something new and something digital come into your local library ask what's available and we should be able to help you well it's interesting you mentioned 3d printing because um, there have been a number of articles about what's the future of book printing and um, you've heard of the Expresso book machine uh, and how successful they have been in the, the continent where people can go into their bookshop and uh, their book can be printed there and then for them. Um, I look forward to the day when libraries will have that technology and it'll be like a cross between your library and Star Trek. Everybody will want to go. Yeah. I suppose the frustrating thing for us with publishing is quite a lot of authors are starting to go down the self-publishing route and it's maybe a discussion for the future. It's a limitation for us. We are actually bound by a purchasing framework we can't buy a lot of things from Amazon, which is often the platform a lot of, uh, a lot of people use. It's frustrating, um, but it's been also interesting to watch. I mean, two that we've watched recently, I think J.D. Kirk, 
otherwise known as Barry Hutchison. If you didn't know that, that's actually his pen name for, for his crime writing. Um, and LG Ross as well have had significant success in publishing digitally. They've now been picked up by publishing houses and there's a whole tranche of their books coming out at the same time. So I think publishers are very much watching what's coming out digitally and then jumping on saying, oh, this has performed really well on Kindle, on, kind of, on Amazon, let's see what we can get in. Um, certainly, I mean, locally we've had a few local authors been frustrated, as Tom knows. We've had a few local authors frustrated because they're struggling to get their own books printed. One of our local crime authors wrote books one and two and now is struggling to get book three into print. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how it's changing. And I think that's going to affect us as well as how people consume the, um, their reading material because, again, we are still limited by what's actually printed what audiobooks are actually produced because we again we can only buy certain copies we have to buy a licensed one it's not something we wouldn't buy an audiobook from Waterstones you're not allowed to do that so there are limits that maybe people don't realise on what we can actually buy uh, as libraries but new technology and the way publishing works which will be a topic very close to Tom's heart that is evolving and I think that's something libraries are going to have to move to kind of accept well, Neil, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today and to outline the very comprehensive range of things that are going on in the Dundee libraries. Uh, it's been a great pleasure to speak to you, and I do hope that whether you live in the Dundee, Tayside or Angus areas, or if you happen to be visiting the area, that you too will want to come and visit Dundee Central Library. It's in a fantastic inner-city situation, and uh, there's always something to see and do there. Yeah, indeed. Look forward to seeing you. As I said earlier, use it or lose it. Go and visit your local library, find out what's going on and engage with the staff. Borrow a book, even if you just pop in to have a look at the notice board, that will help the library service in your local area. So it's been great to speak to you, Neil. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time to talk with us today. Thanks very much to you at home as well. I hope that you'll tune in again soon. Thanks, Tom. If you would like to find out more about advertising on the Extremist Publishing Podcast, please visit their website at www.extremistpublishing.com for details.